You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, sexy people. Welcome back to She Said What. I hope you guys are having a lovely week gearing up for the holidays. Things have been absolutely crazy around these parts. This past week, I had the For You Fest, which is TikTok's end of year awards. And that was amazing and really fun to be there. So I've just had crazy, crazy things going on. And um, this week's episode is something that I really wanted to get to you guys before the new year because it is something that really helped me. And I really listened back to it and literally took notes because I learned so much. Today I'm interviewing Nam and she is a cycle syncing coach. And it's what she does like day in, day out. She does this one-on-one with people. So if you guys need someone to help you take you through this, please go see her because she's amazing. I learned so much speaking with her and we've talked about cycle syncing before on the podcast, but I honestly learned so much, so many new things from speaking with her. And so I just know you guys are going to eat this up. Also, she's bisexual and it's so fun because we got to talk about what it's like to experience attraction differently in the different phases of your cycle and how that can actually change not only the type of person that you're into, but also like the gender potentially that you are into. So it was a really interesting conversation. I know that you guys are really going to love this. And um, we talk about being a feminist and working in this space and just fighting for what we deserve when it comes to being able to talk about our bodies and work with our bodies. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get right into it. Everybody, welcome Nam. She is a queer period and menstrual cycle coach. She does online coaching. She has a cookbook, an online cookbook called Nourish Your Cycle, and she has three different workshops. So she's got a lot going on. We're so excited to have you here today. Welcome, welcome Nam. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're so welcome. I love talking about cycle syncing and understanding the period and everything that's going on in people's bodies. And it's something that I think we need to talk about more. There's so much shame around it. There's so much uh, misinformation about it. And so I love that I have someone here who knows all the juicy things to tell us today. Um, Do you want to give us a bit of a background on how you got into cycle syncing? What like prompted you to want to share this with others? Mm, yes, for sure. So I got into cycle syncing after I went off hormonal birth control. I was on a pill for 10 years. Wow. And then when I got off, I kind of noticed that um, during my menstrual cycle, I would feel really different in the four different phases. And I got into, started reading books and listened to podcasts and was like, okay, wow, this is like a whole new world for me, um, which is the cycle syncing world, I would say so. And I started understanding how I can really harness the power of my hormones and understand what I can do in each of the phases and how my body kind of has my back in those phases. And that really fascinated me. I also have a huge love for cooking. So I decided to look into how I can cook in Mm -hmm. tune and eat in tune with my menstrual cycle as well. And it was super fascinating. And also my periods um, balanced out because of cycle syncing. So yeah, this got me into it. So good. And also quickly, so you're in Bangkok right now. Um, Where are you from? Like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm Thai German, so I'm half Thai, half German. Okay. Um, I am based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, but currently I'm on a work 
slash holiday thing um, in Koh Phangan in Thailand. So I'm in the south of Thailand right now, and I'll be visiting family um, in a few weeks, which I haven't seen for eight years. So I'm super excited to do that. Okay, wow. I was going to say, because like visually, and then also your accent, and then also where you are, I was so confused, but I love that. <laughs> <laughs> such a mix, such a fun mix of things. <laughs> but hey, I lived in Australia for um, a few years of my life, and I traveled a lot, so yeah. maybe... I'm hoping you don't hear my German accent as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Your accent is beautiful. Don't you worry. We love it. Um, Thanks, well, babes. I wanted to ask you if you could give a overview of kind of what cycle syncing even means, because a lot of people aren't going to know that term. Um, and then if you could also take us through the infradian female at birth hormone cycle and just tell us about what that looks like. Sure. So cycle syncing is basically the concept of syncing the way you live, eat, work, um, live, basically, mm -hmm. two to four different phases of your menstrual cycle, because every phase of your menstrual cycle is a little bit different. You might feel different energy, different vibe. Your libido might be different, different levels of energy, productivity, creativity, all of those things. And when you know in which phase of your cycle you're most creative, for example, this is when you can schedule um, creative projects or explore something to really make use of that creativity that you have in certain phases. And this is basically the concept of cycle syncing, just understanding where the power of each phase is, where kind of the shadow side of, of each phase is, and using that to your advantage in life for more happiness, self-love, and also body confidence, because then yeah, you really know where you're at in your cycle and you can hold yourself with more self-compassion and grace. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about the infradian rhythm. So every human on this planet, we have um, the so-called circadian rhythm, which is our 24-hour sleep and wake cycle. And every human has that. And um, very interesting that for people assigned male at birth, their hormonal cycle, which is mainly dominated by testosterone, runs after this 24-hour cycle. Yeah. So their hormonal cycle is running after the circadian rhythm. However, our hormonal cycle, so people assigned female at birth, women menstruating people in their reproductive years, they have an infradian rhythm of around 28 days. And that impacts not only their menstrual cycle, but also their brain function, their gut microbiome. There, there are so many systems that are connected to this infradian rhythm. So we have this 24-hour cycle, which yeah, is, dic is also dictating how our hormones are running. And that just shows that we are currently living in a world where everything works after this 24-hour cycle, right? Like yeah. we get up every day, go to school, go to work. And then after our nine to five, whatever, we get home and then we chill out and then we sleep and then we start it all over again. Yeah. Um, and we expect ourselves to kind of be the same every day, like have the same levels of creativity, of productivity, of energy, of mood. But if you live in a female body, if you're a person assigned female at birth, then that is not really possible for you because, yeah, your hormones will definitely influence how you feel every day. So the concept of psychosyncing is catering towards your body's need yeah. that you're different every day. Right. And it's so interesting, hey, when you start to make the connections between all of the things and the way that our world works and how people are meant to bring that same energy every single day. It just makes me think of like the typical like office person, like nine to five, you know, you show up and it's like, you need to have this amount of output every like week or every month. It's so interesting. And um, when I've talked about this before on 
TikTok and even on the podcast, I've had people say to me like, God, I wish that we could change this on a big scale because as much as you can do this for yourself in your day-to-day life and if you have the ability to change your workload week to week, you can do that. But a lot of people don't. And so it is interesting. Like we really can start to get into the kind of like feminist viewpoint of it and be like, wow, like, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like I, we could talk about that all day. <laughs> we could, we could. And this is, yeah, the unfortunate reality is that for most people that's not possible. So what I try to say to them is, hey, if you can't change your nine to five, try to change your five to nine as much as you can mm. and sync it to your menstrual cycle. Love that. And that can be anything. Like even when you're on your period, this is the phase of your cycle where you want to take it slow and rest as much as you can and maybe not. Yeah, depending on what you want, of course, it always depends on you. But a lot of people don't feel like hanging out with big social groups, but maybe just want to stay inside and cuddle up and watch yeah. some Netflix. I don't know. Um, So if you're on your period and you have to go to work and you have to perform or do things at uni or whatever you're up to in life, then when you're coming home, like just honor your energy and maybe don't push yourself to go out and hang out with friends or do something that you don't really want to do um, when you're on in your menstrual, but really take your self-care up a notch. And even just 10 minutes, that really makes a difference. Yeah, We don't always have to go full on cycle syncing. Like I have the privilege to completely sync my life to my menstrual cycle because I'm self-employed. But even if you just have 10 minutes, that will make a difference. Totally. Totally. That's so helpful. Thank you for that. Um, can you go through the phases of the menstrual cycle and just roughly explain oh. what it is for anybody who doesn't know? Yeah, of course. So the menstrual cycle um, is divided into four different phases. And we start with day one, which is your period. And day one of your cycle is also part of your menstrual phase. This is when you're having your period. Um, we can also call this our inner winter. So the phase of resting and just chilling out. And this is also when your hormone levels are the lowest. So you might feel lower on energy and not be up for much. After that comes your follicular phase, which is also called your inner spring. And you might feel your energy going up and just, um, yeah, feeling more motivated and maybe happy and just um, willing to get out there and get stuff done. So this is when your hormones are rising, preparing your body for ovulation. Mm -hmm. When ovulation is occurring, this is also called the ovulatory phase. This is a short but sweet and very juicy phase of our cycle. A lot of people feel their best in this phase. So mm -hmm. skin glowing, smelling good, just feeling confident, that really Beyonce kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say this. There's literally like a, the new SZA album just came out and there's a lyric and it's so funny. I heard it today, but I forget what it actually was. But she was like, she literally just says like, I'm feeling good, like I'm ovulating. And I was like, oh yes. my God. I was like, that's so yeah. funny that that made it into like a lyric. I was like, yes, SZA. <laughs> yes. I bet she's cycle syncing too. Yes. Like, honestly, that is, that is, I love that. And yeah, when right. people are ovulating, they are just feeling, most of them are feeling, feeling their most radiant self. Mm. And after ovulation comes the luteal phase, which is a very interesting phase for a lot of people because a lot of people have um, a PMS, for example, or just have some, a lot of like inner critic thoughts coming up yeah. and maybe don't feel that great. But the luteal phase, when it's balanced, um, this is when progesterone, one of the hormones um, is dominating, you actually feel pretty level and calm and chill. This is also your natural antidepressant, progesterone. 
And the luteal phase is the longest phase of our cycle, so 10 to 16 days long. So we want to we want to become friends with that phase. Yeah. It's also called our premenstrual. And um, when the luteal phase is over, our period starts again. So yeah, and then it starts all over again, right? And right. this um, cycle, this menstrual cycle, can be between 26 to 35 days long. That would be like a healthy range. And actually only 10% of us have this 28 day cycle that we know from textbooks, right? Like your right. cycle doesn't have to be 28 days long. That's, that's totally okay. If it's um, not 28 days long, minus 27, mm -hmm. for example, and that's totally fine. You just want to, you just want, want it to be regular. So coming like every time um, after like how long your cycle is just not more than more or less than four days of difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. mine is like 26. And I remember at first when I, well, on my, like on the app that I use, it says 26 to 28, just because it obviously isn't always going to be exactly. But, um, I remember at first I used to be able to say like, oh, it comes on the third of like every month. And obviously like months are, you know, a few days off every time anyways, but it kept coming yeah. a little bit earlier, like creeping forward. And I was always like, oh no, is there something wrong with me? Like, why is the gap getting shorter and shorter? Like, is it just going to end up being one big period eventually but it's fine it's fine I learned that 28 it's days fine. is not doesn't have to be 28 days <laughs> really doesn't really doesn't especially if you're um, somebody who just started menstruating I don't know one to two years ago it's totally normal to have really yeah irregular cycles right. up until like five years after your first period so mm, if that right. is you you'll be fine Yeah. Yeah. I found that really interesting. I actually didn't like know that, or I haven't thought about, you know, people being younger. Cause I get so many questions about people saying, you know, what do I do about irregular periods? What's wrong with my body? Like, you know, my body's so irregular. And I guess when that comes from a younger person who's maybe just started menstruating, that's to be expected, right? Yeah, that is to be expected because your body is still trying to figure it out. It's mm. kind of like a rookie, rookie, yeah, rookie mode. It's kind of trying to figure out, okay, when, when am I producing which hormones at right. what time for the right side? Like it's a, it's a mm. pretty complex when you look at a hormonal chart, like there's so many hormones there, estrogen, yeah. progesterone, testosterone, LH, MSH, like so many. And your body is just trying to figure out and learn this process of, okay, how do I do this mm. and give your body some time? Like it can really take up to five years until, from your first period to, um, yeah, to that it really is becomes regular. And that can also be accompanied with other symptoms of hormonal imbalances, for example, like hormonal acne, or I don't know, having those really crazy mood swings, mm -hmm. um, or just feeling a little bit off sometimes. So that can also happen if you just started, if you just started menstruating. But yeah. if you, if you had your period for more than five years, and your period is irregular and you're having symptoms that I just mentioned or period pain or PMS, that's definitely something to look into. Yeah. yeah. And it's so like, honestly, it all makes sense now because I think back to when I was like 15-ish, 16 and having like the craziest mood swings, like the worst time in my life mentally, I swear, was like in those years. And I, I still look back and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Like, did I have like a little mental breakdown? But it It, it makes sense. Like, obviously that's to expect, that's to be expected if all these things are going on with your hormones and your body isn't like super regulated. God, I just wish this was a normalized conversation. Like I wish all these young girls weren't looking at their bodies and being like, something is wrong with me. Do you know what I mean? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. I've, I feel you so much in that. And mm. it's just the lack of education. Nobody teaches us that stuff because, yeah, we, we're not being taught this in school. We're not really being taught about cycle thinking in school or mm. that the menstrual cycle is actually a good thing and that having right. a period is actually healthy and a, right. and a sign that our body is functioning functioning in a totally normal way. Yeah. But instead it's like, this is how it works and here's what you need to do to not be pregnant just don't have sex like this is <laughs> basically here are all the stis here are all the stis be scared Honestly. of sex <laughs> yeah yeah and also the the notion that we can get pregnant every day of our cycle is just just yeah just that oh i could i could oh, yes can do you like can, a whole rant can you talk about, about that can you please give me a rant on it because this okay. is something that is crazy and i only actually learned dead ass like probably a year or two ago which i'm embarrassed to say but it's true but honestly how how could you have known most people don't like i'm surprised when people know that you can only get pregnant five to six days per menstrual cycle okay not per month because depending on how long your menstrual cycle is, right. um, yeah, you're not synced up to a month, yeah. right? But per menstrual cycle. So that is, first of all, true in case you're questioning that. Everybody listening is like, what? I, I've been told all my life, like, I can get pregnant every day. Like, there's a slight chance. And in some other days, there's a higher chance. No, there's only five to six days per cycle where you can get pregnant. And this is what we call the fertile window. And that fertile window is depending on when you ovulate. The thing is, though, that we don't always know where when ovulation will be in mm. our cycle because ovulation can't be predicted if you have a period app right now that says you will be ovulating in three days, lies. Um, <laughs> sorry to break that to you because sometimes when we have things like stress or travel or, I don't know, um, shitty sleep, ovulation can be delayed or it can be earlier. So that means your fertile window, which is depending on when ovulation is, can also be different. So this is why I think in schools we are being told, hey, you can get pregnant every day of your cycle and you can get pregnant every day um, because, yeah, I don't know if it's society that doesn't really trust us to be able to identify when that fertile window is and to right. understand the concept of having a fertile window that is five to six days long. That depends on ovulation. Ovulation right. can't be predicted, so you need to be a bit careful and you need to understand when that fertile window opens and when it stops, that kind of stuff. Um, because it's just the easiest way to just tell people you can get pregnant anytime. Use um, contraception, which is definitely, please use protection. Um, <laughs> but don't be, like, I really want people to know that they don't have to be scared of, about their own fertility because, yeah, yeah. especially if you, if you are a person with a uterus, it's literally five to six days per menstrual cycle. Learn, learn how to learn how to identify that fertile window, right. and um, you'll you'll be fine. Right. Oh God. Like, and I find it so interesting that within like the education system, instead of teaching the accurate information and saying, this is you know, here's the information for you to know when you're ovulating. It's just like, well women aren't going to get it. They're not going to understand it. They're, they don't have the tools. We're just, let's just tell them that they're always at risk. So nobody fucks it up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that is, it's just horrifying to yeah. me and just shows how we are being patronized from day one. Just yeah. like, we're not stupid. <laughs> just give us all the information and we'll figure it out. I think the, the fact that we're not being told how it works accurately, this is what's causing a lot of people to 
yeah, get pregnant by accident mm. or just people mm. having to, for example, take the morning after pill that messes after, um, messes, messes with their hormones a lot when, for example, they were in the luteal phase where there's no chance that they can get pregnant. Right. Um, just an example. I had that a lot in, in my, in my friends group that, wow. that had to, you know, get the morning after pill when there was like an accident happening, like condom broke whatsoever. And right. they didn't even have to because they were in the luteal phase anyway after mm. confirmed ovulation. So yeah, but mm. having said all that, if you want to really learn how to identify your fertile window and all of that, this is called the fertility awareness method. And this is not the rhythm method. So it's not just counting your days when ovulation is, but I would really encourage you to, um, check out like a fertility awareness educator. There is so many amazing coaches out there that can really teach you how to yeah. do this and um, how to identify when you ovulate. And this is, yeah, not kind of natural birth control. But I would really encourage you to learn it properly and not just use natural cycles, track your <laughs> basal body temperature and just log it in an app and then the algorithm will figure it out because no, you you're, you got this and, and you're... Um, like clever and you can also figure this out like how it actually works yeah and yeah and to definitely you know clarify that it, it doesn't just look like using a period tracking app and trusting that as a form of birth control because it is not a form of birth control just so everyone knows um there definitely are other things that go into it like um you said taking your temperature um and I know even looking at like cervical fluid and things like that are different like biomarkers I think it's is it a minimum of three biomarkers that people usually say or two do you know two you would you would do basal body temperature tracking that every day and then also cervical mucus yes okay, and yeah. the third one which is your um cervix the where it is where the cervix position that yeah, is an optional right. one yeah, yeah. um but yeah I mean, I would love to include that marker, but some people can't reach their cervix. For me. <laughs> okay. So for some, some people, people, that's not possible. <laughs> some people, yeah, right. for some people, that's not possible. But yeah, this is um, the fertility awareness-based um, method of hormone-free birth control, if you, right. if you want to look that up. Um, so cool. And that requires definitely those, learning those two markers, what they are about and how to interpret them. And then there's like a set of rules. It's really scientific, really. It's mm. very, when I looked at it the first time, I was like, oh, fuck, like this is <laughs> math's equation. But when you get into it, it's really not that complicated, but right. you just need to, you need to learn it properly. Yeah. 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 All right. I love it. Well, thank you for all the education. I feel like that's a very good overview. I really want to get into cycle syncing and what it looks like when it comes to the different aspects of your life, because I think this is the thing for me that has been so life-changing since I've been cycle syncing is actually seeing how I can like change my schedule and the way I hang out with people and the way I have sex and the way I like I do relationships because it is like the the ultimate life hack. Like if you are listening to this right now and you are like, oh, like maybe I can try that. But like, I'm also going to focus on like, like vitamins first or this thing first. Like, no, babe. Okay. This is everything. It's everything. And then all of those other things that you want to do for your health, it falls like into these categories. Like if you have a period, this is, I, I couldn't imagine not living this way now. It's one of those things. Like I genuinely am like, I'm like, what was I doing before? Like, no wonder I thought I was crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no wonder I literally was like, not that this, you know, not that this would be 
bad. Obviously, if this is something that you have, I'm not being insensitive towards it. But I used to think I was like bipolar because my mm-hmm. mood was literally so all over the place. And I and I didn't know why. And especially when I was PMSing, I was like, like I, I, I know now I don't have PMDD. But at one point I was like, I literally think I could have PMDD because I my emotions are insane before my period. But because I also saw that other people were experiencing it, I was like, oh, well, that's just normal. That's just what we have to deal with as being people who are female, you know? And again, it's a huge misconception of like, oh, it's normal. So just shut up and deal with it. Yeah. Uh, every time people say that PMS is normal or period pain is normal, I inwardly cringe because I'm like, <laughs> it's not. Babes, it's not. Like, seriously, you don't have to put up with this. And there's so many ways that you can do to support your body. And I think mm. it all starts with um, understanding your cycle. Yeah. And when we talk about cycle syncing, a lot of people have shared experiences how it is in the four different phases. Like most people, when they're on the period, they just want to stay home and chill and maybe be in their little period cave slash bubble. Um, But some people have a lot of energy on them when when they're menstruating. Yeah. For example, if they're syncing up with the full moon, there seems to be like a duality in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's a whole different topic. And a lot of people feel amazing when they're ovulating and horny and all of that. But some people feel really anxious too. So some things are definitely in the realm, like what we say in the range of normal. And some things are kind of red flags, like period pain, PMS, um, ovulation pain, like hectic ovulation pain, or feeling like a lot of anxiety in different phases of your cycle. That would be red flags to kind of look into. And when I say look into, I don't mean you have to run to your doctor right away and get like medication or whatsoever, but maybe try to look into nutrition and lifestyle and how you can support your body there. But when it comes to cycle syncing, Definitely, everybody has like a little bit of a different experience, but I'm happy to maybe walk us through the yeah. phases, what most people experience. And if this is not you, just know that this is also okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So Amazing. I do you, I think what I want to do is I want to kind of go through. So in today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about like relationships, sex, some self-care stuff, like work and social stuff. And then obviously we'll get into nutrition as well, because nutrition is super, super important here. I think I want to start with relationships and sex stuff because everyone loves talking about sex on, she said what? And we love it. We love it on the podcast. Um, and I was curious, cause this is something that I've kind of, now that I've gotten into cycle syncing, I've noticed this for myself a little bit. And obviously I have a very specific um, outlook because I'm bisexual. So my range is pretty big. Um, But I was curious if you think, or you know that hormones can change like our attraction face to face. Does it potentially change our attraction? Maybe what we're attracted to or like different types of people? Do you have any thoughts on that? (laughs) I do, and I'm bisexual myself, so I feel like... Oh, right. I didn't yeah, know you were actually me, bi. Okay, cool. <laughs> there is, there's not that many studies done mm-hmm. yet, or I don't even know if there's any studies done on that, but from my own experience, I can definitely say who we are attracted to may change over the course of our menstrual cycle mm-hmm. if we, for example, are bisexual. So for me, um, when I'm ovulating or when I'm approaching ovulation, so in my follicular phase, I tend to be more attracted to men. Same. And same. Same. That's so funny. (laughs) And when I'm on my period or when I'm in my luteal phase, so premenstrual, I really like the comfort of women, especially Mm. like not even like in a romantic or sexual sense, but I just like the comfort of hanging out with other women Mm. or people assigned female at birth. So Mm. I like to really 
cuddle with my with my girlfriends and just you know hang out with them and sort of bathe in the comfort of I guess sisterhood in a way um I don't know how is it for you yeah it's so I've I'm telling you I've had this in my brain and I have not had this conversation with a single person because I just don't know any bisexuals who cycle sync like what a niche thing (laughs) (laughs) like so niche but I've noticed that oh my god like when I'm ovulating for some reason I'm like so into men and it's I'm almost like grossed out by it I'm like Alyssa take it down like what's going on (laughs) what's going on but then definitely as I'm getting closer towards getting my period I'm like I just it's like I almost see like a really strong value in women like not that I don't already but it's like I can feel that there's like this like power to being connected Mm. and I'm like drawn towards that just like like, like what you said, like the comfort of like that, like feminine energy, if you will, like yeah. really interesting. Cause I know that there have been studies, um, that do talk about attraction when like on birth control versus not on birth control. Like I know I've seen yep. stuff about that and how that can actually change your attraction, um, which obviously we're not going to get into too much today or anything, but I know that it's, it is a thing that can be proven, but I hate that there aren't any studies on this because I feel like so many people would relate to this and be like, oh my God, this is so true, you know? And I think that could even, I think this could even translate for someone who is straight and like, maybe you're into more kind of feminine um, men at different times or like more uh, masculine men or potentially even wanting different things from that relationship. Like maybe when you're ovulating and you have that extra energy, you, you're you more interested in like sex or like doing something more fiery with them. Like even like maybe going to the gym with them or something that's like more energetic. And then towards your period, maybe you want more of like a romance or a comfort or like, can I have a massage instead of us having sex? Like I could see how that would translate as yeah. well. So. Even the type of sex that you want to have, I think when you're ovulating, maybe that is different for that, that is different for for everybody. But mm. if you're straight, I could imagine that a lot of people feel very different around ovulation and have this like boost of self confidence and feeling very sexy and like just mm. oh, ready to you know um, have fun. But <laughs> maybe in your luteal phase, when you're more prone to like mood swings or not feeling like very great about yourself, you need more time to even open up sexually. So maybe you mm-hmm. want more foreplay in your luteal phase. Like this is what I experience, um, or this is what a lot of my clients also experience that they need different kinds of affection and kinds of intimacy and sex, depending on where they at in their cycle, because it also depends on their libido. The libido is usually highest around ovulation or just before ovulation also makes sense because yeah, we're, we are fertile in, in this phase of our cycle. Right. Right. So your body is naturally kind of like, Oh yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> but in your luteal phase, I also call this like the romance phase because you want you want to be wooed a bit more and maybe be more foreplay and stuff. And a lot of a lot of my clients have the same had had the same experience. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I think I align with that. Like I, I feel like when I'm ovulating, I'm just fucking feral. Like I don't know how to explain it. I'm just like yeah. I'm like sorry yeah. guys, TMI, you know. But it's it's just like I'm <laughs> just intense and like I just don't give a fuck. But like when I'm nearing my period, like luteal phase. And even on my period, I feel like I just need everything to be a lot slower. And like, I kind of need more like validation. (laughs) Like, 
I, you know, I need more, um, I think verbal like support, if that makes sense. And also Mm -hmm. because on my period, I, I noticed that I am more like my actual vulva is like more sensitive and my vagina is more sensitive and all of that actually physically. And so it's not that it's uncomfortable at all. It's not painful. It's just that I find I need to kind of like warm up a little bit like slower and then the touch needs to be more sensitive. Like even for me, when it comes to solo pleasure, like masturbation, um, I don't prefer to use a toy when I'm like on my period because I find I'm very sensitive already. Whereas okay. like when I'm ovulating, I, I actually like more intensity. So it's interesting like how that changes. Yeah, it totally is. And I think everyone is different and there is really no right and wrong yeah. with that. And some people don't even like, sex on their period at all and that's also totally fine because they feel super sensitive and yeah just uh, figure out what works for you and also make make sure that you understand like where am I at in my menstrual cycle how does that affect my libido what I need when what I need when it comes to sex right and how do you find people generally are affected when it comes to just purely their libido like if they want to or if they don't want to is it normal for you to have a period um in your menstrual cycle where you are just, you almost have no libido. Is that normal? Mm, Well, when it comes to libido, having no libido in general, like if your libido is just MIA and you are like, don't even look at me. (laughs) That is, that is usually a sign of a hormonal imbalance or something going on, um, trauma or something that you really want to want to address because having a healthy libido is part of being a healthy menstruating person. And, when it comes to which phase of your cycle your libido is the highest, for most people generally it's around ovulation because biologically that also makes sense that our body is trying to you know push us to have sex um, when we're fertile. Right. Like this is what our body is at the end of the day trying trying to do. Yeah. So that would be, for example, um, the maybe week or the week before you ovulate, then around ovulation. So that could be like a few a few days, a week after your period stops, um, depending on how long your cycle is. This is usually when you would also feel your libido increasing. You also feel that you have cervical mucus, more cervical mucus. And cervical mucus is what some people also refer to as discharge, which I find a really unsexy word for something so amazing. <laughs> cervical mucus. I sometimes even try to call it cervical nectar because that's what it is. Ooh, it's really, it's really, it's really cool. Mm-hmm, it is. And you will, yeah, yeah. Cervical mucus is very fascinating and it changes its textures. So you might notice more, you might notice it's more slippery and wet and maybe you're just walking around, um, you're, you're just walking around and then you're feeling wet and you're not even aroused. Yeah. Um, and that could also be a sign of you, you approaching ovulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people have high libido around ovulation before ovulation. Some people also have libido when they're menstruating, which is really interesting because your hormones are actually at the lowest at this point. But in theory, I think it's because of that lubrication we have from the blood. A lot yeah. of people might feel um, yeah, aroused 
aroused by that or more easily aroused by that. So yeah. that is also uh, totally normal. Yeah, and I've also seen as well, like uh, if you're like a if you wear a pad, even just that friction could naturally create or like tell your body that there's stimulation going on there. So you could be going in that direction. Um, and obviously, too, if you use like a tampon or uh, a menstrual disc or a cup, anything that you insert, that's also potentially you giving your body a message that um, you're trying to have some fun. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to, because you mentioned hormonal imbalance, is there a way to be tested for hormonal imbalance? Like what are signs for somebody to know that they might have a hormonal imbalance? Mm -hmm. So hormonal imbalance is what we refer to when hormones are not, when you look at the menstrual cycle and how the hormones are kind of ebbing and flowing and hormonal imbalance literally just means that the wrong hormones are ebbing, flowing at the wrong times, right. so to say. Um, so that could be, for example, a typical hormone imbalance is estrogen dominance, meaning that you have too much estrogen in your body as opposed to progesterone in your luteal phase. Okay, so it's it's quite specific and typical signs of that could be blood clots, period pain, hectic PMS, breast tenderness, bloating, mm. um, just feeling swollen and just, yeah, icky. But this is, for example, a sign of a hormonal imbalance. But hormonal imbalances could be anything symptom-wise. So anything that is out of a normal, healthy menstrual cycle, which is a normal, healthy menstrual cycle, if we break it down, is having a, a normal length of between 26 to 35 days, um, you're feeling quite balanced and good throughout the menstrual cycle. You're not having any like pain or any like intense symptoms, like intense mood yeah. swings or whatsoever, right. but you're feeling good in your energy and you feel like you can, you know, your menstrual cycle is not holding you back from anything, but it's actually um, helping you to, to live your life to the fullest. Yeah. So anything out of that could be a sign of a hormonal imbalance. So for example, hormonal acne, ovulation pain, um, like lots of anxiety, depressive episodes, um, and all the PMS symptoms that I mentioned before, period pain, and so on. Yeah. So if you are thinking you might have a hormonal imbalance, um, I would do some research on, on what your symptoms could be meaning. And then if you feel like this is really impacting your life to the point of, um, yeah, not fun at all, mm -hmm. you can definitely go to your doctor and have this checked. But first, before I would go to the doctor and have this checked, if it's, if it's urgent and if it's really like impacting you, do that right away. But um, if you just feel like, yeah, I'm PMSing a lot, I don't know, maybe there's something I can do about it, do that. Like there's huge, huge things that you can do with nutrition and with lifestyle that can really help you find relief. And that will take a while, like at least three months until you will feel a difference. Right. But most people find a lot of relief when they change a few things about their lifestyle and about their nutrition in any kind of symptoms that they experience. Right. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It, I mean, it's so true how your lifestyle can affect it so much. And I think a lot of the time, I think just because of like Western culture and things like that, like we will look at something that's wrong with our body. Like we'll see a symptom and we'll go, okay, what can I take to fix it? You know, what's the quick fix? How can I like put that bandaid on the problem. And so, you know, you get really good pain relievers for the migraines that you're having or the cramps you're having or whatever, you know, or you're having a hard time sleeping at night when you're on your period. So you go and buy that sleeping pill and then you just use that every time you're on your period. And it's so interesting how 
we don't get to the root of the problem and we're not encouraged to get to the root of the problem where mm-hmm. we're marketed most of the time. And obviously, you know, we could, we could get into the, the whole finances and all of that. I'm sure we would love that. Um, but it's, you know, <laughs> you, you can really just get used to seeing like ads for here's a product that's going to fix your period. And then, you know, you end up not doing the actual work that it takes to, start from the ground up and then really kind of like work out what's going to work for you consistently. Because what I find so valuable about cycle syncing is once you start to learn how your body works, that's the most important, valuable data that you could ever have. Like I find it so cool now, like Mm. when on those days when I'm ovulating, and I can see that my cervical mucus is different. I used to, when I was like in high school and stuff, I used to think like, ew, it's gross. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I used to, like, I'd be in class and I would feel that like release of some cervical mucus and I would be like, oh my God, like, did I just get my period? Like, I had no idea what was going on in my body. You know, it was just, I had no idea. And I used to think it was so gross. And I even remember Googling one time when I was younger, how to make it stop. Like, how do I make that liquid, like, stop coming out of me? And now I'm like, I know. And now I look at it and I'm like, wow. Like, when I have these moments where I see my body doing something, I find it fascinating and so beautiful. And, like, it's something that actually connects me back to just the energy of living in like a female body and how, how, how insane of an experience it is and like how smart our bodies are. Like just, oh my God, oh my God. There, you know, I could go on and I on. I absolutely just, love that. It blows my mind and it's so beautiful, but it's so sad that I think the messaging around our periods from day one typically comes with like a lot of shame and a lot of like, oh, it's, it's a problem. It's something you need to fix. And you know, you're just, you're basically a man, but you have like this condition that you need to sort out. Like, (laughs) Exactly. And that's so toxic because Mm -hmm. it just holds us back from actually experiencing the beauty of having a menstrual cycle with these really cool things that our body is just helping us to do, like being more creative, being more, um, communicative, being, yeah, just the, the most, the, the fun and um, I don't know like version of ourselves that we really want to that we really want to be this is what our body is really helping us to do with with this menstrual cycle because there there's phases for everything and, mm-hmm. and I found it so interesting what you mentioned before about um, cervical mucus and that at mm-hmm. some point you were like how do I make this stop I I I I have a TikTok actually where I talk about cervical mucus and I, I tell people, Hey, it's normal to have this and mm. it changes its texture and it's a sign of a healthy body and don't worry about it. Like you're, you're, you're okay. Right. I have so many people and I think it's mostly young menstruators that are like, how do I make it stop? Oh my God. Thank you so much. Mm. I thought that there was something wrong with me. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just wish I could hold you and yeah. just tell you that you're okay and that your body is just doing its job and that it's, you know, your body is healthy and that it's thriving and yeah. that you are okay. Like, I just wish I could just give them, you know, like a virtual big sis hug yeah. and be like, I'm fine. Like, this is normal. This is okay, babes. <laughs> it's so true. It's so, so true. And I think what we can kind of do now is I want to go through and talk about the different phases and what things that you have seen, um, especially with the people that you work with, that they're able to pull out of each phase. Like when we start to think about our cycle, what should we, you know, try to lean into in the different phases and how can we actually, basically how can we cycle sync like in general? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So 
let's talk about the menstrual phase, which is when you're on your period. And the menstrual phase, I feel like, is so underrated. But it is one of the most powerful phases in our menstrual cycle yeah. because this is the time when our, when our period is there. And our period is when we mostly feel most intuitive. And we are maybe, because we're releasing our blood, this is a great phase of your cycle to, for example, release things that are non no longer serving you. So you would, for example, look back to your cycle and think about all the things that happened in the four weeks whatsoever when you had the cycle mm. and think about all the things that really served you and what didn't serve you. So this is a great time to kind of reflect and release and let go of things. And also, so this is kind of more from like a mindset perspective, when it comes to um, being social, most people would not want to be as social because they want to kind of protect their energy. And we are more in a phase where um, in the menstrual phase, we're feeling maybe more emotionally sensitive. So we are more sensitive to other people's energy and we are more prone to like protect ourselves. And that makes so much sense because menstruating is such an energy intense process. Yeah. And when you think back like a thousand and thousand of years back when we were still like hunters and gatherers and you were <laughs> bleeding, like that is dangerous, you know? Yeah. So, so true. you kind of want to protect yourself. Yeah, you want to protect yourself and up your self-care and really nourish yourself to to your best ability mm. and um rest rest receive and release this is how i like to call this phase mm -hmm. and then comes the follicular phase and the follicular phase is when your hormones are rising you're feeling like this motivation and maybe have more energy to do things and this is the phase that I would like to call the play phase or the dolphin phase like mm -hmm. you're more happy you're motivated and this is a great phase in your cycle to just try out something new yeah. or um I don't know go to a social gathering you haven't seen of people that you haven't seen in a while and be bubbly and be out there and um yeah feel feel this inner spring energy when everything is you know how how spring is I'm actually you live in Australia so I don't know do you have spring do you have different uh, seasons at all not really but I'm from Canada so I know okay I get it. okay so you would know yeah. you know you would know how spring feels like and in inner summer so ovulatory phase this is when your communication skills are at your best so yeah. You're also more strategic and this is maybe a great phase at work where you want to, I don't know, pitch something to your boss or maybe ask for a raise or maybe go on a first date because you're glowing, you're radiant, you're confident yeah. and you can do all these things where you need maybe a little bit more guts to guts to do or you need like that extra boost of confidence. Also at the gym, this is maybe a great phase of your cycle, your uh, late follicular phase, your ovulatory phase to put on some more weight yeah. um if you if you're weightlifting or just maybe run a marathon if if you're into that <laughs> um <laughs> and then comes your luteal phase and this is again I think luteal phase is kind of the precursor of the how do you say that is a precursor yep precursor yeah. of the menstrual phase mm -hmm. um so this is really again a time to shift from that really outward energy and like look at me like give me attention kind of energy off the ovulatory phase to shift inward again and maybe focus on I don't know um work-wise focus on um finishing up projects yeah. or maybe cleaning out your um closet things that you maybe put off and wanted to do for a while like just get organized and maybe stay a little bit more more inward, um, hang out with the people that you feel comfortable hanging out with, maybe not necessarily like meeting new people. Yeah. And this is a great phase to do that and to also 
just assert your boundaries, see if your boundaries are okay. Like, what do you have to say no to in order to feel, um, yeah, more safe in yourself? And then also slowing down exercise intensity. So this would be like a good phase to switch from like heavy weights or running or like that high intensity list high intensity stuff yeah it's more like yin yoga or even pilates if you're not doing like a hectic form of pilates i don't know much about pilates you, you would probably my pilates is very intense <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> okay so probably your pilates is more like don't a come to my class phase. <laughs> yeah. Not that. yes that's ovulatory phase pilates? Yes. yeah okay <laughs> amazing so luteal phase maybe don't go to like a hectic um <laughs> as class more like a yin yoga yeah. or like some more chill kind of walks and stuff like that um because this is what your body also needs like you're more prone to feel stressed in this phase of your cycle so try to limit stressors as much as you can like make sure that you're getting your sleep and um taking more care of yourself saying no um stop people pleasing And then comes your menstrual phase. And with that, you're perfectly prepared to go into your period cave and bleed in peace. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. That was amazing. And you covered so much that I would have even asked about amazing. So this is great. This is great. Um, I did want to ask you, though, I remember when I first heard the idea of doing this, I automatically just felt like, why, sh why do I need to do less? I felt like If I started doing less, if I started slowing down in some of the phases of my cycle, like I'm not going to grow as quickly. I'm not going to get as much done. I'm not going to like, do you get that response from people often? Do people ever get scared of the idea of slowing down or seeming like they're slowing down? This is the hardest bit of cycle syncing. Really? Okay. Like slowing down purposely. And tr I think it comes, it comes back to a lot of, um, trusting your body and trusting your menstrual cycle. Yeah. And the only way that you can do that is by observing your menstrual cycle, by really listening to it and um, seeing how it relates to you as well. Because again, everybody is different. But I think it comes down to trust. If you're like, oh my God, I need to, I'm on my period. I know that I should be resting, but I have so much work to do. I need to do this. I need to do that. Mm. Because a lot of people when they feel like they're resting, they feel like they're missing out on something. They're not moving forward. But when you are living in tune of your cycle and you're purposefully slowing down and resting, this is just you making sure that you have even more energy in the other phases of your cycle. Right. So if you are not resting on your period, you won't feel like this juicy, communicative power of your ovulatory phase as much. Yeah. It will feel much more level to you. So if you really want to ride the waves of your hormones, like a, I try to think of it as like a really nice surf <laughs> instead of swimming against the current, yeah. then you really want to try to slow down and just trust that your body is having your back and that after this phase of feeling lower on energy and feeling more inward, that there will be the other phase that comes where you feel more motivated and naturally just where your body is naturally pushing you to do those things and just trusting that after this this ebb will be, you know, there will be an up again, an up again. So this is, yeah, what I feel like it comes down to definitely trusting your body and yeah. trusting your hormonal ebbs and flows. And the only way to do that is definitely like getting to know your body, how it relates to the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I think too, like, it just reminds me of the conversation we had at the start of the world expecting us to do the same thing every day, because that's how a man's body would work. And it's hard because I think we have so much social pressure to like 
I don't know, like stay on the grind and like, you know, work towards the things you want to work towards. It's so like cringe, but like, it's true, you know, like there's, we don't realize how much of a pressure we put on ourselves all the time to have this high output. And I've even noticed with myself, what happened for me when in the first few months of doing this, I felt like I was failing at it because I would get to my luteal phase. And this is when I typically struggle the most with just my, I think like my confidence, how I feel about myself in my body, you know, I'll have more negative thoughts that just come naturally, um, naturally, you know, it's amazing. We love it. Um, but it just comes. And then I would feel like, okay, now I feel really shit about myself. I need to go get all this stuff done so that I can feel good about myself. And I didn't realize how much what I produced and like the work that I did was like, for me, my only way for me to feel like I did a good job that day. Like for me, if I didn't Mm -hmm. get something done, you know, if I didn't help someone in some way, then I always felt like I was failing. And it's really now that I've gone through this for, you know, multiple months and I've been doing this for a while now, I feel like I finally have actually genuinely like changed not only how I deal with things to do with my period, but it's actually like a mental health thing. Like it's actually really taught me how to love myself on a day when I wake up and I don't have energy and I just sit in bed and like read all day or watch Netflix or just eat the food that I probably shouldn't be eating or like, you know what I mean? Like just do that and still feel like I have value. I think it really taught me a lot about like my value just being in my body. Me too. Me too. I can relate to that so much because yeah, when you know how your menstrual cycle relates to you and how it works for you in your own body, then having those days where you just feel shitty and that's totally okay to have those days, you hold yourself with so much more compassion and with grace and with it's okay. Like, you know, my hormones are influencing me right now. It doesn't mean that you have to blame everything on your menstrual cycle, of course, but it's, um, it brings things into perspective. And sometimes when I'm in my luteal phase, I have those really self-criticizing thoughts. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is this? Where am I going? Is this, is this the right path? Like, what is happening? I hate everything. Like all these, all these thoughts that are coming up, sometimes just open my period tracking, you know, app, or I also write in my journal. I'm like, oh, it's cycle day 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know what that means. And I just see those patterns um, myself now that I, I always have those patterns and everybody has those patterns that you, that you see in your menstrual cycle. Sometimes before ovulation, I also get super anxious and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know my, my, I'm scatterbrained and I can't mm-hmm. focus. And I'm like, oh. um, so yeah, just knowing where you're at in your cycle just helps bring things into perspective and love yourself throughout all the ebbs and flows that you experience. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to track it for yourself because you're going to be so different. Like, you know, we can sit here and say, oh, ovulation, you're going to be so excited to go out and talk to people. And then you might get there and you might be like, I'm so anxious. Like, I want to scream. Like, I don't want to see anybody. I'm going crazy. You know, like, and I actually, I had that where at first I was like, I thought ovulatory phase was supposed to be the phase where I feel good about myself. Like, baby cycle thinking isn't real, you know, maybe it's just like all bullshit. And like, I like thought that, but then I kind of did learn over time. I was like, no, okay, this has been three months in a row that for at least two days, I had like a heightened anxiety, like before work, feeling a bit anxious to go teach Pilates. And I was like, that's weird. Like normally I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty confident, whatever. But then I learned it. And now like, 
I, I make sure like I cut out um, like coffee on like the mornings when I know I might be anxious around ovulation. So like, it's interesting. Like you really, you start to figure out what you need by going through, but you just have to be intentional about like keeping tabs on yourself or like tracking it, I guess, at the start. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways that you can do that. And I would really recommend you to not only use your app for that, where you can just lock in your symptoms or whatever, but write it down, like use a journal or use a psycho chart. I have one that you can download for free and you can just, you know, write down maybe a word is enough, but just write down every day to track how you're feeling like emotionally in your body. And that will really help you to connect with your menstrual cycle on a different level and figure out exactly what you said, what you need, not what everybody else thinks that you may need, but what you need And this is so powerful, just getting to know your body. This is the most empowering thing that you can do in this life. Yeah, literally. So good. Well, I wanted to ask you um, specifically about food, because I think some people find the idea of cycle syncing food and their meals to their phases to be really like intimidating. And especially if they're like me, not naturally inclined to cook or do any of that Um don't really know that much about nutrition, you know. Um, I found it really scary. And I think when I saw a breakdown of like, eat these foods in this phase and these foods in this phase, I literally was like, there's no chance I'm going to do that. Like, I literally was just like, it's not going to happen. And so I found it really daunting and it took me a long time to get into it. Do you have any kind of tips on that or anything that can help us? Yes, I definitely do. I sometimes when it comes to cycle syncing nutrition and the like having to break down what exactly you eat into the four different phases, I totally understand why this feels daunting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I also think that this is not what we want to focus on. If we want to, I don't know, balance our hormones, reduce PMS, period pain, or just support our menstrual cycle in total, but we want to start some somewhere else um, with something that we call blood sugar balance that I know that you know about. Yeah. And blood sugar balance means that we want to eat regular meals, no fasting, no whatever, coffee on empty stomach, but we want to eat regular meals with protein in, with fat, with fiber. So just really those those really balanced, healthy meals. And we want to do that throughout the day. So no skipping meals. Um, Just having those regular meals is really important for keeping your blood sugar balanced and that reduces inflammation that reduces stress on your body Mm. and that really will help reduce your period pain as well as PMS as well as any kind of other symptoms that you may experience hormonal acne bloating whatsoever so this is my number one tip if people are like how do I sync my nutrition to my cycle start with blood sugar balance and there's a really cool Instagram account out there that's called um at glucose goddess I'm not sure if you heard of I have not no so interesting and she talks about um, blood sugar balance all the time so if you want to get more into that check check it out I think she also has a few podcast episodes on that and then we also want to focus on like eating nutrient like a variety of nutrient dense foods so if you are food shopping grocery shopping maybe try out some different vegetables from time to time or eat some different fruits Mm. and um, not always go for the same things make sure that your food is yeah, like a wide wide variety and those complex carbs. So like, um, I don't know, quinoa, uh, sweet potato, that kind of stuff instead mm. of like bread or anything like that. And then you also want to support your gut and your liver. So that means um, calm, like sitting yourself, sit yourself on your ass when you're eating <laughs> and 
calm down before you eat and don't like eat on a go or whatsoever. Yeah. And um, if you want and, and need that and feel like your liver needs a little bit of extra support, reduce anything that could put a burden on your liver, like alcohol, for example, or nicotine, or for some people it's coffee. Yeah. Um, but these are the things, the three things that I would do before I even would start like cycle syncing two to four different phases, like the nutrition bit. Because yeah. sometimes it also gives me icky diet culture vibes, yeah. to be very honest with you. Yeah. Um, you have to eat beets. And yeah, you have to eat beets. Like when exactly? But beets are great for literally every phase of your cycle. And I understand why people want to kind of break it down. Yeah. Um, but I really wouldn't want to focus too much on like, what kind of foods to eat specifically in each phase because that is like the bonus bonus like right, the cherry on top right if you don't nail the three other things that i said before then you can cycle sync your whatever things that your specific foods that you're eating to your cycle all you want it's not going to do shit yeah right to be really like open and honest about this and yeah if you're interested to like learn how to cook and eat in tune of your cycle I have a cookbook on this too where I focus a lot on blood sugar balance but I also do break it down into the four different phases having said that yes the four different phases are important and there's definitely things that you can integrate food wise into the four different phases but nail those three things first and you will get like really far with those yeah wow oh my god that is so much like easier like that that was so helpful I literally like as you were talking I was like okay I'm like I'm like I need to write this down what's going on <laughs> like, I'm like can't wait to listen to this back so I can like create a whole plan for myself because it's it's so hard like honestly like I am a really I, I like you should coach me I'm like I'm a really good example of what not to do because my thing is like I will wake up in the morning I run to my little coffee machine <laughs> It's so bad. I run in my little coffee machine. I know what's coming. And I swear every morning at some point, and I'm getting better at it, but like I'll literally be like halfway done my coffee and I'm like, my mouth is so dry. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't had any water. Oh my God, oh my God, I haven't eaten anything. And then I start freaking out and I'll go like get a banana or something and I'll just be like throwing blueberries into my mouth, like aggressively trying to like fix the problem I've already created. <laughs> my stomach's going crazy. It's bad vibes all around. It's like, you know, she's like having to go to the toilet. She's like, it's like my morning routine now. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. And then I find with meals because I don't have like a, a very strong want to like cook for myself. I'll like eat random things and I'll eat like all of one thing. So it's like, I will eat like a whole bag of chips or I will be eat a whole carton of like blueberries or like, I'll just eat, you know what I mean? I'll like go into the cupboard and I'll get like two like tortillas and I'll just be like sitting there like munching on them. Like it's just <laughs> so chaotic. It's so chaotic. And I know it's affecting me because I actually, I used to be a bit better. Like when I first got into cycle syncing, I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm such a healthy bitch. Like I'm going to start like doing it. So I did it really well. And then I kind of just got a bit lazy and I've noticed like my skin's been breaking out way more recently. Like I've just felt uh, my mental health has been not as good. I've been more like tired and I'm feeling a bit drained and I'm like, Alyssa, you need to get it together. So this is very motivating for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah, honestly, like those, but when those cravings hit, I think it also cycle syncing nutrition or supporting your hormones with nutrition is not about like leaving stuff out. Like I will never tell you don't ever eat a bag of chips or don't like we don't do that. That's diet culture. Yeah, um, so good. But yeah, if you're having a bag of chips, like try to combine that with something that has fiber in and like some kind of I mean, fat you've already got in mm. there. And um, I was dipping hummus. Some kind of protein. I was dipping hummus. Yeah, is yeah. that good? 
That's amazing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Hummus with chips, maybe some throw some olives in there if you're going for random stuff. Mm-hmm. Or blueberries work fine too for some extra fiber, you know. Oh, so like even you can just yeah go for those those random ass combinations. Um, <laughs> that's totally fine. Just make sure that you're always having protein, fat, and fiber in, in like every snack, every meal, and you will be much better off when it comes to balancing blood sugar. Oh, so helpful. Thank you so much. Well, okay. I'm feeling a lot better about that. And honestly, like that to me, that's doable. Like, I think that's so much more doable. I think when I first, because I have done this before, like I've printed out my, uh, like what you can eat there, what you should eat in the different phases. And so like, that's helpful. And I mean, if I look, I go into the fridge and I see, I happen to have a carrot and it says to eat a carrot. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, it's great. And I feel like I'm doing something good for myself, but ultimately if I haven't eaten all day and it's 1 p.m. and all I've had is coffee and barely any water and I've been running around like a crazy person, you know what I mean? Like you said, it's not doing shit. Like it's not doing anything. So yeah, <laughs> very helpful. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. Exactly. Yeah, you're so welcome. Um, I wanted to talk about just quickly last but not least because um, I really think we've covered quite a lot today. Like this has been amazing. And again, thank you so much for being here. I'm like, I've learned so much. So this is great. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about birth control, just in case anybody here has been listening to the episode and they want to do this, but they're maybe on the pill, something like that. Can we just talk about what the pill does to your body um, and how it changes your cycle? Yes, so the pill or any form of hormonal birth control basically shuts off your menstrual cycle by... There's different ways it works, for example, shutting off ovulation so you don't ovulate. So that means that you don't have those hormonal ebbs and flows and your hormones and your artificial hormones that you're having in your body are just level. And um, that means that, yeah, you won't be able to cycle sync if you're on hormonal birth control. Yeah. So I think that's important to mention. That only works if you have a natural menstrual cycle you can also cycle sync if you have an irregular cycle by the way like that is that totally works um you just need to be more like mindful where where you're at in which phase and so on right okay cool um and when it comes to birth control like the birth control pill i would say specifically i know there's other things like the uh iud if someone's not on the copper one because obviously copper is non-hormonal but if they're on hormonal something like that if someone is hearing this and they're going oh no like I can't do this because I don't have a natural cycle um, and they're thinking of coming off in your opinion or from what you've seen working with people, can someone just go right now to their doctor and come off of that or should they wait? Should they do it a certain way? I would definitely recommend to start changing a lifestyle and nutrition, like all the things that we just talked about, mm. um, especially nutrition at least two to three months before going off of it. Because you're preparing your body to reduce inflammation, you're supporting your gut and your liver a little bit more, and that just primes you to be in the best possible state when you're coming off. Because coming off is, yeah, your body needs to kind of relearn how to do all these hormonal ebbs and flows again. It needs to relearn, how do I make ovulation? How do I make a period? How do I do this in the right time, in the right phase? And Mm. So you need to give your body a little bit of time and and also give your body the best kind of building blocks for that. And that means lowering inflammation and just really getting your body to a state where it's like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can make those hormones and, and so on. Like, just try to think of your body as how, what can I do to support it in the best way possible? So you want to at least prepare two to three months before you're coming off. 
And then when you're coming off, it kind of depends on what kind of hormonal birth control you're on. But if you, for example, have hormonal IUD, you obviously need to schedule to get it removed. Right. Can't just pull it out. But if you're on the pill or <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, I'm like, I've, I've, I've had people that pull out their, their hormonal IUD, but really? that's, it's something ah, else to, no. to get into. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, but if you, for example, on the pill, you could literally stop anytime. You don't even need to finish your packet actually, because what happens when you finish a packet or if you stop anytime, you just get that withdrawal bleed. And right. then this is kind of still part of yeah, you being on the pill. And after that is when you're kind of off it. So mm, if you're on the pill, you can just just get off anytime. I also didn't know that like my doctor was just like, yeah, yeah, and you finish your packet, but that's BS. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to other forms of hormonal birth control, like you obviously need to schedule to have it removed and schedule that removal like two to three months in advance. Um, yeah, this is what, what I would recommend. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I've heard, because I've heard other opinions on like, having to finish your pack and I heard this well from my the doctor when I went to go see them and for me like I've talked about this on the podcast before with you guys but I had a really hard experience where I went to go see the doctor and I remember saying to her you know here are all the symptoms and you know it was a woman as well so I remember being like oh my god it's a woman yay she's gonna like listen to me um and then I said to her you know I'm having these symptoms I've always kind of struggled with my mental health I struggle with my energy um, I just, I really would like to come off the birth control pill cause I'd been on it for six years and I wanted to see what my body would do not being on it. Like I was genuinely curious. I was like, I grew up on birth control. You know, I went on it when I was what Same. 16, I think. So I was like, I literally, I grew up on it. I want to know if I'm, a, I could be a completely different person for all I know, you know? So I was really curious. And I just remember her coming back and saying like, you know, I'm sure it's not the birth control that's giving you these effects. I'm sure it's not this. I'm sure it's not that. And it was even to the point where she was like, you know, if you want to see someone about potentially starting like medication for mental health or something like that, we could do that. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to take more medication. I want to take less. Like I want to take it back, you know? So it was just really difficult for me. And I felt like I wasn't heard and I had to reiterate to her, okay, no, like I'm going off birth control pill. Like, how can I do that in a way that's helpful? And yeah, I really didn't get any information. Like, I really just felt like I wasted my money. I was pissed. <laughs> oh, I can, I can totally feel you. And it's, it's shocking how similar our experiences were. I was on hormone reverse control for 10 years too. Mm. And I went off for the exact same reason because I was like, how, like, who am I yeah. without, without this um, medication? It is medication at the end of the day. Like you're, right. you're taking medication. So yeah, same, same with me. My doctor was also like, yeah, there's nothing you can do to support your body, which is again, total bullshit. There's so much that you can do to support your body coming off from one of birth control, starting with really blood sugar balancing to reduce inflammation and supporting your gut and your liver uh, filling up any nutrient depletions that you might have from come like from being on the pill or any form of hormonal birth control yeah. and also just reconnecting with with your body and that cyclical way of living that we talked about and maybe changing your mindset about okay I can't and won't be the same every day and that is okay and that is good and that is healthy yeah. and there's a way that I can learn to um, live with that that it really benefits me so yeah Wow. So good. So helpful. Thank you so much. Wow. I mean, I feel like we've covered so much. I'm so happy. If there's, if there's anything else you want to add, please feel free. But if anything, I would like you to tell us where we can find you and how 
any listeners can access um, anything that you offer because obviously you are an amazing resource for all this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok. It's at the cyclical coach. Um, I also offer workshops. I actually have a workshop on coming off hormone birth control for anybody listening, if this is interesting to you. I also have a cookbook, as mentioned, that is like a cycle conscious cookbook, sort of synced to the four phases. And if you want to work with me one-on-one, you can also do that. I work with people who are really interested in learning how to sync their life to their menstrual cycle and also who want to harness the power of their hormones, but also balance their um, any hormonal struggles that they're having right now so yeah you know where to find me i'd love to connect and thank you so much for having me by the way you are so welcome oh this was such a juicy conversation thanks so much you're welcome thank you Guys, how cute is she? Oh my God, I love her. And like she said, you can go reach out to her, find her on socials. I'm going to link everything below. If you guys want to come find me, it's Alyssa Taylor Harper on Insta, TikTok, you know, you name it. That's me. If you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, please give it a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really does help me and it helps more people to find the podcast. Share it with a friend. If you think this is going to help somebody, go for it. You guys are amazing at sharing the episodes and getting people this information. I think it's so important that we're talking about this with our friends, with our family, and really helping one another along the way because this isn't something that's common knowledge, right? Like we said, this isn't something that we're taught in schools and it is so valuable and it can change your whole life so lean into it and if you have any questions you want to chat about anything with me please feel free to reach out I answer all of my dms on instagram and that's it thank you guys so much please please enjoy the holidays whatever you're doing with your your family your friends take some time off take some time to relax take care of yourself and we will see you very soon all right bye guys (laughs) 